Welcome to another episode of Binge This. My name's JT. We have been watching How to Fix a Drug Scandal on Netflix. I personally thought it was two episodes too long, but still worth watching. Who else had thoughts about it? All right, I'm Ollie Mack, and I loved it. That's my drug I'm addicted to. And who are you, Leah? <laughs> I'm going to have to agree with you, Ollie Mack. I'm Leah, and like Annie Duncan, I'm highly unqualified. <laughs> hey, JT. <laughs> I've forgotten what it's about. Can you remind me? Oh, I'm glad you asked. How to Fix a Drug Scandal tells the story of crime drug lab chemist Sonia Farrick, who in 2013 was arrested by Massachusetts State Police for tampering with evidence. But it turns out that was only the beginning. Over time, details emerged that Farrak had actually been using the drugs that she was supposed to be testing. The four-part series leads us through the timeline of what actually happened, who knew what, and how did they find out. They use an equal amount of real audio from court cases, as well as recreations of Farrakh's compelling grand jury testimony, and of course, interviews with all the other auxiliary players. There's four episodes to watch, and it'll take you just under four hours to watch them. Okay, so that's what it's about. Uh, overall thoughts to kick things off. We'll start with our Leah. Okay, guys, shocker, but I'm going to have to say that this is the most amazing thing on Netflix right now. I was fully gripped what? and I wanted more. I didn't want it to just stop at four episodes. So, JT, I don't know what wow. you're on about. Are you kidding? Uh, yeah, wow. Dude, that's a big claim. Yeah, have you not seen claim. Shadowhunters? Well, I haven't, but I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that next. I just absolutely loved it so much. I was recommending it to people. I was talking about it to people like you guys. I'm just absolutely obsessed with it. I loved it. Okay, why? Wow. I felt like the production quality was way higher than, I hate to say it, but Tiger King. I just was so interested in the whole storyline, how the system was so messed up, and also the two characters, obviously Annie and Sonia. All right. Sure. And what about you, JT? Look, the story is incredible and, and it is just just mind-boggling how a system can end up being that way and so flawed. And, and of course, it broke down and the cover-ups that ensued were, were incredible. I just thought for at least two episodes, nothing really happened and they just went over the same material. So I, I thought they could have uh, expedited the thing a little bit more and two episodes – would have been sufficient or four episodes and we learned more about the uh, the other outside characters. Yeah, look, I would have liked to learn more, which is why I would like it longer. And I do slightly agree with you, JT, in that the first two episodes were repetitious. But you know what it reminded me of? What? Okay, have you seen Aaron Brockovich? Yes. <laughs> with Ju Julia Roberts, the, yeah. the unqualified woman trying to get a job who who's like a, a filing assistant at a law firm and uncovers, it's a true story, uncovers this massive scandal and takes yeah. down a big corporation, a real David and Goliath. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we've all seen it except for Leah. Go on. That's how I felt. That's how I felt watching this. And at the end, not, not going to lie, I was bawling of joy. Really? Wow. I was so proud and obsessed with Luke Ryan, the lawyer with a heart oh, yeah. of gold. Yeah. And yeah. defense and the most... lawyers are angels. They are quans. They really are, particularly Tim. And, and boy, oh boy, has he got like possibly the world's best manicured goatee uh, that I've <laughs> ever seen. I agree <laughs> that only defense lawyers, they are taking over Netflix as well with the innocence files. I honestly think I'm pretty qualified to be a defense lawyer after watching all of this content. Yeah, you too. Okay. 
Okay. I've got a scruples question for you on the back of this documentary. Okay. So let's put yourself in, uh, they call her Sonia. That's just because they're American. So let's call her Sonia. Mm-hmm. Put yourself in Sonia's shoes. You have an, an, an essentially unchecked full bottle of laboratory grade LSD sitting there. Would at some point you be tempted to drop it into your Diet Coke can like she did at lunchtime? Yes. Yes. Ollie, would you like a second to think about that? No, okay. Here's, here's, she, she's in this dark, dank room, essentially doing the same thing over and over again, right? Mm. I, I did uh, a spreadsheeting job for a week, and I was, I was like, bring on the meth. Like, just entering data makes you, if you're not that way inclined, makes you want to stimulate yourself some way. And, yeah. and you start with coffee, but it's going to end in meth if it's just there. Wow. Well, and that's the reason I asked the question. And obviously we certainly, you know, we're kind of sounding lighthearted. We don't want to make uh, fun of anyone with addiction issues. But you, that's one of the things that's fascinating about this whole story. You can absolutely see the path that Sonia went down and why she went down it. You, yeah. Like you almost, you almost can't blame her for how things ended up. And I think they wanted it to be that way, though. When I was listening to, like, a behind-the-scenes podcast that Netflix made, the producer, Erin Lee Carr, I think her name is, she said that she was most motivated to do this because the media was not portraying Sonia in a true light. Everyone was painting her as evil, drug-addicted, just out of control. And so Erin... She and her dad struggled with addiction. And so when she saw this story, she's like, that's it. I'm, I want to, you know, turn, turn around wow. and die. That is new that's information. Amazing. Yeah, me too. Oh. Well done on the deep dive there. Okay, so that brings me to the second question. Yeah. This docuseries used uh, an amazing array of visual effects like typing out the uh, testimony, audio recording, mm. still photos. But they also had an actor portraying Sonia giving testimony. They put up a picture of the real Sonia and the actor side by side. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And hearing that anecdote about why the uh, producer slash director picked it makes more sense. Did you guys like it or think it was too jarring? Um, I So I was not really paying attention in the first episode when they said it was an actor. <laughs> And, and I was like, how did they get such great footage from a courtroom? <laughs> from court. And it only the sunk in. Lighting up. Yeah, it only sunk in kind of episode three. I was like, oh, right, they're reenacting it. Okay. I but when they, when they the cut from thing. her... When they cut from her, we're idiots, Leah. We should know better. Well, when I saw the photo, I was like, she's a bit worse for wear, isn't she? And I'm like, oh, wait, these are different humans. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, guys, I, I hate to say it, but the person who was interviewing for Netflix, like was interviewing this lady, actually made the same mistake. She's like, the footage is just incredible. And the producer had to say, yeah, well, you know, it was actually recreated, but um, <laughs> so that was an editorial decision that we made to do that. And I was like... Ooh, wow. But it's one of the things that, that makes documentaries and particularly docu-series so amazing these days is that you can just cut to the police photo of Sonia's car when she got arrested, cut to the photo of her desk drawer when they raided the lab. It's absolutely incredible, like never before seen access, and it's right there in front of our eyeballs. It is, it is incredible. Uh, I, I want to talk about Sonia just quickly in terms of it being sympathetic with her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
I still didn't fully understand why she would begin doing this. And I was kind of Googling stats about who she is and how that correlates to addiction, right? Uh-huh. So I found two studies that found a correlation between intelligence and addiction. And Go on. Pe- well, people who are smarter are statistically much more likely to, one, start drugs, and secondly, take them more often. And no one really knows why. Wow, that would explain why I'm so addicted to Slurpees. I'm so <laughs> smart. And, and, and couple that with the gay lesbian community also has a much higher rate of drug abuse than wow. other minorities. So she had two, two kind of factors at play already. And then you lock her in a small dark room yeah. with unlimited access. And it kind of makes sense. I did find myself thinking more than once throughout the four episodes, like, wow, like she must be crazy smart. Yeah. Do you know what I found? I I agree. I think she's really intelligent, particularly the transcript when she's recounting everything. And a good point she made, which I thought was kind of funny, not really, is when she she said, "Um, guys, obviously all the tests I did were correct. Because I was testing it and then using it. So I know yeah. that these things were drugs. <laughs> like I tested yeah. it with my nose and my mouth. There's no greater way to test a drug than taking it yourself to see if it legitimately is a drug. So yeah. we are all kind of sympathizing with Sonia. Her sentence was kind of light for that the That made me impact. so, so was incredible, angry. wasn't it? Yeah. And particularly how they cut back. Fourth, I haven't got his name here, but between old mate who got seven years for having a small bag of heroin and Sonia, who got 18 months for taking every drug under the sun for years and years and years, plus flubbing thousands and thousands of tests. It yeah. didn't seem yeah. to make sense. No, I thought it was weirdly sympathetic and I was so confused about that. Something that I found really interesting on Twitter, this person said, would you rather be high on drugs or on achievement? Because you're right, like these two people, both um, Annie and Sonia, were like so smart and achieving that it's so, it really shocked me that they would fall down this kind of rabbit hole, but it kind of makes sense. They really lent into this um, stereotype that like first generation Indian or Asian people will do anything to succeed. Like they literally said that in the documentary. Yeah, honestly, they, it sounds like they could have made a four-part series about Annie, the first chemist Definitely. who got caught with yeah. her. That, that, that was quite an incredible story as well. But even she only got two years in prison, right? Yeah, which was weird. Oh, gosh. And speak about corruption, the two ladies who, you know, messed everything around with the evidence, they still oh work in government. Yeah, didn't even get... <laughs> yeah, Yeah, they didn't <laughs> even get fired from the government. Much I'm less sure. in legal yeah, trouble. They leave the attorney generals, but it's like, hello, you can't go straight back into the government. <laughs> Although they were pretty harsh on them in the documentary. And um, I think her name is Chris Foster, the blonde lady. They did have multiple people going. It wasn't the B team. It wasn't the A team, the B team. It was definitely the low C team. And then it panned <laughs> tight into her smiling face. I was like, yes, documentarians, 
Shade her. Well, um, the next point that I found really interesting was how they were able to access Sonia's mental health records. Do you guys think that should have happened? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, it makes you wonder, like, how, how safe is your MyGov account? Um, I don't know, because they, they just they found those papers in her car. That was under the um, the notorious um, assorted uh, paperwork or whatever they listed it down as. Um, it was kind of shocking that it, that it was there, right? Like written right there, like her innermost thoughts. But I guess once it's been submitted in a case, then it's a matter of public record. But it's my understanding that they reached out to the psychologist and accessed all of her full records. Yeah, but full- yeah, but they they I think they I think it's called subpoenaed her. They they didn't have a choice. He went to the high court and they were ordered to give that over. But also, I think overall showing that was a positive thing. I think it, it it gave us some sympathy for her. We got to understand her mindset and maybe some yeah, motivation that she'd been chronically depressed her whole life. See, I disagree with how that happened. But I do, do think it, it did make us sympathise with her more. But I really felt for the family when they said that all of her deepest and darkest thoughts were now known by everyone. And I think it sets a really bad precedence for people in the legal system. You know, that means that no one's going to reach out and get help because they're scared that the government or the authorities can look into their, them trying to get help. I don't mind legal authorities getting it. What what kind of uh, what made me angry and sad about that whole situation is that someone then leaked it to the press, or a journal went and did a, a private information act and secured those documents and published them. And I don't think it was that important to the case, and I think it lacks journalistic integrity. I think I think you should be able to access information from your priest or your therapist or whoever you talk to if it is legal grounds to do so but i don't think your dirt should be should be aired so publicly but wait not important to the case that was what literally turned the case around with that that timeline where she said i took acid on this day and then started testing drug samples yeah but then if you went and paused on the articles that were written they uh, there were full, full paragraphs about her mental state and being unhappy, and it was literal. It was little airing. All you needed to do, if you were a journo, and go, uh, you know, uh, mental health documents were released that she was doing meth on this day and this day and this day, proving that she'd been doing it the whole time. You didn't need to elaborate. It was unnecessary fluff to scandalize. Well, journos be journos sometimes. Yeah, well, journos I think they got, to the, they got to the same result by giving her that immunity thing. I think that creates a better system rather than just going into people's personal lives and, you know, ripping it when they've they've spoke to someone in a safe place. But that's just my thoughts, boys. How to fix a drug scandal. It's it's quite a watch. Uh, four episodes. It definitely raises a lot of questions. Uh, it'll have you crying. It'll have you shaking your head. It'll have you wondering what the heck is going on in America. But we kind of wonder that a lot anyway. Uh, I would recommend it. How about you? I, I would recommend it as well. Um, if you really think about it, it does kind of subvert your own morality. Typically, when you watch a show like this, you will not be on the side of the the criminals or the people have done wrong by the law. And the naughty old lawyers you'll be angry at. 
Um, but that's not the case in this. It kind of it it flips your idea of who is good and who is bad. And Fair I point. love when they do those kind of things in docos. Lily? I would absolutely recommend it, as you guys already know. I agree, Ollie. I think it really shows a little bit of history to what happens before people are villains, and that's exactly what the producer was going for. She said that bad things are more based in the days before it happens, not the actual day. And I'm like, yeah, that's so true and definitely something I want to keep in mind when judging others. There's certainly something in it for all of us, How to Fix a Drug Scandal. It's on Netflix. You can binge it like we did right now, if you so please. We will see you soon, but until then, I've been JT. I've been Ollie. I'm Leah, and you've been listening to Binge This. Oh, Leah, that was smooth. Yes, yeah. solid. Yeah, oh, yeah, hello. hello.